Hey guys, before we get to the summer 2020 episode of the Carlin Crappy Show, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, this decision, as you may know, stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Uh, restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Uh, this decision could also lead to the loss of other rights down the road. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help. And Carla, AJ, and I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thanks. Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome to the summer of 2022, and welcome to what is now the annual tradition of the uh, Carla, Summertime Carla and Crappy Show. I am, of course, joined by Carla. Hi, Hello. Carla. We are, of course, joined by AJ. Hi, AJ. Hi, Hi um, everybody. We're, we're going to start with story time. Um, earlier this summer, or I guess it like, technically was the spring, um, we all got, all the three of us got to hang out. Uh, with uh, families and kids and babies, uh, not cats. They, they, we left them at home, but we, um, we got together at a Mexican restaurant in Pittsburgh and had a big sloppy dinner. And it was a ton of fun. Um, I'm going to probably post a couple pictures from that in the, uh, over the video here. And we'll, we'll put some up on Facebook too. So you can see me holding Ellie, who is absolutely adorable. <laughs> she wasn't tonight, but you know, that's fine. It's <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, my, my, my sample size is much smaller, but um, as far as I'm concerned, she is an angel from heaven and, uh, and it was a pleasure to meet her. And my kids were there too. They were awesome. And they were, they had a great time um, making, <laughs> making fun, uh, making faces at Hannah as she kind of peeked around her dad was that's a, that's always a fun activity. That was very yeah. fun. Um, as we were talking, you know, we we'll just, we just kind of left it as sort of, well, you know, we should do a summer show, but you know, we're not sure what about there's, there's, I mean, there's stuff going on, but certainly if something happens, we should do one. And then Carla, something happened. Something happened. <laughs> so it's something, the understatement of the century here. Something happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. In case you've been living under a rock, um, <laughs> heard, um, yeah, you see USC and UCLA, um, soon to be members of the Big Ten um, as of uh, 2024. And it all happened in the matter of one day, um, at least publicly, the public hours, side of things that happened in one day. Yeah, um, it was the announcement was in the morning. And by the end of the day, it was a done deal. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's a pretty big deal because, I mean, USC and UCLA were some of the founding members of that conference, which obviously wasn't called the big or the Pac-12 all, all those years. But um, they've been in those conferences since gosh, the early 1900s. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so this, uh, this is a monumental uh, shift in um, a lot of different things. And so um, I, when I, when I posted, when we, we were texting each other and said, uh, yeah, immediately we got to do a show on this. Um, I, I tweeted that, um, that the three call. of us had some thoughts. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we have so many thoughts that we actually started a Google, a Google doc for them. <laughs> Well, it, it was very funny because we're sitting here going like, well, what about this? What about this? We should ask that. We should talk about that. And then it was like, okay, otherwise we're going to be scrolling through a text message chain for yes. an hour and a half. And we have to, we don't want to, oh. listen, it's the summertime 
and we want to be conscious of people's time. Hopefully you're going to some sort of vacation and thinking about this sort of stuff. Or maybe you're just enjoying yourselves in your backyards. That's fine too. Mm -hmm. um, your neighbor likes what you've done with the flowers. Okay. So, you know, we wanted, to, we wanted to organize this up just a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, it's, it, is a, it is a ton of stuff to wade through. Um, I, I mean, uh, just trying to figure out how I feel about it as a, you know, the Big Ten fan who remembers uh, Rose Bowls in the first half of the 70s. Um, my, my inclination, of course, is to look at this as a fan first, but uh, we're, we're going to be realistic here for a moment. Um, I mean, AJ, you dug pretty deeply into uh, the past the basic answer to the why question. Um, yeah. The why question is television and, and money and contracts. Um, but uh, take us through real quick what you, what, what you found about like, like where the Big Ten contract stands um, and what, what this might mean. Because it's, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of money we're talking. So here's kind of what happens. Uh, the very quick background of the way that the college TV deals work is uh, we have to go back to the 1980s uh, when the NCAA was sued, taken to the Supreme Court, a place they never like to go because they lose every time. Nothing but L's for the NCAA inside the Supreme Court. <laughs> and they lost the rights to maintain the TV contract for all college sports. And they gave the ability for the conferences to start negotiating their own TV deals. And this is where realignment really starts. We've been having teams move between conferences and make shifts over and over again since the 80s. And what's happening is we have like a little bit of a perfect storm brewing. And if I go back to last offseason when Texas and Oklahoma made their huge announcement that they were leaving to go to the SEC, all of that was based on TV money. And specifically, everybody said, why are they announcing this in 2021 when they're not leaving for, until 2024, 2025? That's because that's when the Big 12's TV contract is up. And if for whatever reason they decide to leave before that TV right or between before that grant of rights deal, that's what the official name of it is, before that deal is up, they owe the rest of their TV money along with any TV money they would be getting from the SEC during the duration of that grant of rights. Which means that each school would be in the realm of like a hundred plus million dollars in the hole to the Big 12 if they want to leave early. Texas and Oklahoma are rich, they're not $100 million throwaway rich. And so they are stuck effectively in the Big 12, which is leading to things like Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU all coming in and will be in the conference for a year while Texas and Oklahoma are still there. I'm very excited for that's this. That's going to be fun. The, oh, man, that's going to be fun. Listen, Hey, if the Big 12 schedulers, if you're listening to me, if, uh, hey, new Big 12 uh, commissioner, if you're listening to me, please, please, for the love of God, make Texas go play Houston at Houston. Please, please oh. for me. There is a huge, there, that is a petty ass argument, and I want it. Anyways, so <laughs> what happens is Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. Why? Because the SEC is getting $40 million per school starting in 2024 and going to 2034. Now, where is all this money coming from? It's coming from ESPN. ESPN. 
ESPN uh, exclusively, correct? Exclusively. So remember the ba 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 the SEC on CBS. Gone. Sorry. It is absolutely gone. ESPN bought that time slot from the SEC. So Uncle Vern gone. All of that is no longer. And CBS is kind of on the sidelines at this point. So SEC is getting 40 million a school. The Big Ten currently is handing out $31.4 million per school, and their deal is up next year. But wait, kids. <laughs> Fox, the other major player in the college sports broadcasting world, that you know, you know, Fox, Fox Sports, sure. Fox Sports One, they own 60% of the Big Ten network. And not only that, they're sitting in all of the negotiations with ESPN with CBS, with everybody, because they're part of the overall grant of rights deal. Which is just mind boggling to think which of. Which is just mind boggling. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm not, a, not a fan of the Murdochs or the family or whoever owns whatever arm of, of Fox is, but that's genius to yeah. be. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't argue. The Pac 12, their deal is up next summer. And this is where we all get to see exactly where the Pac-12 was shot in the chest. It's not USC and UCLA leaving. It starts back in 2014 when the Pac-12 said, you know what? We're going to own our own conference network. We're not partnering with anybody. We own our entire media rights. And we sell off some games to ESPN and some games to Fox, but we own all of our media rights. This is going to be a massive windfall once everything settles out. It turns out that if you're going to start your own network, you need to get your network onto places where people can see it. We've been making the joke about how this game's on the Pac-12 network, which means no one will see it. We've been making that joke because it's real. And they <laughs> never got carried. They never really got carriage on DirecTV. DirecTV generally sets the channel rate. So when you pay for a channel on Comcast, Spectrum, whatever, the rate that Comcast and Spectrum were paying was generally set by DirecTV. DirecTV never set the rate, so they had to negotiate all these things out, and it led to a huge mess. The Pac-12 only pays $21 million per school. Oh. Which is a bit of a problem when you're USC and UCLA, and I'm just going to pick on UCLA here because they're a public school, so their finances are public. UCLA is $100 million in the hole over the last three years. They're broke. And USC, from what many, many, many sources out there are saying, is in the exact same boat. So you have schools who are broke looking at a conference who is about to get paid somewhere in the range of multiple billions over the next, over the next decade. And they're saying, we would like some of that money too. So we would like to join this conference. However, who's actually pulling the strings is Fox and ESPN. ESPN is the reason Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC. Fox is the reason the USC and UCLA are in there. Why? Because they want content. And what helps? Having teams in every single time zone. They're in the Pacific, Central, and Eastern time zone. They can cover the entire slate, which means Fox can do exactly what ESPN does, and they want to be number two. And if we go back to October 24, 2011, when LSU Chancellor Michael Martin was interviewed, Someone said, hey, what do you see the future of college sports? He said, I think we could ultimately end up with two conferences, one called ESPN, one called Fox. And he was laughed at. Well, <laughs> here we are. It's uh, better, than, better than leaders and legends. Right. So barely. Just, but... just, as a, just as a thought here, though, the ACC 
is only handing out 17 million per school and they are locked in a 20 year deal that ends in 2036. The ACC has shackled themselves to ESPN. Notre Dame gets 15 million a year and that ends in 2025. So this is all about money. This is all about TV contracts. This is not about the conferences saying we want to be leaders in the field and what can we do to provide the best sports on the field. Nope, this is about content. This is about advertising money. And this is about the last bastion of what puts advertising dollars into the pockets of networks. It is live sports and live events. You can DVR everything. You can binge watch everything else. Live sports is still king on television. And that's what this is all about. And this is why this happened. That's true. And, and you mentioned networks. Um, I, I just uh, really, really quickly, it may not stop with networks, right? We're, we're I mean, the, the Apple apparently had been interested in the Big Ten and then wasn't. And then suddenly with this announcement, maybe Apple's interested in the Big Ten again. So um, where, do, where does streaming fall into this? So streaming is still, while very cool and hip and, and with it, uh, streaming is still kind of a problem because you are still dealing with people who want to be able to point to the TV and say channel 32 is ESPN. And that's what my boy's playing on TV. Mm-hmm. Right. No one wants to say I have Apple TV. I have to have Apple TV plus to see three games that my kid is playing. And this is a okay. big deal for recruiting. They mm-hmm. want to be able to say that's the channel to watch. And so streaming is still a big problem. And if you would like to see a preview of what this turns into, please go look at Major League Baseball, who has Apple TV. Peacock has, I think, Saturday noon games or something like that. Apple has Friday night games. Mm -hmm. ESPN has Sunday night baseball. They were going to start putting things on ESPN+. Plus. You have the streaming services are a mess. They are not lined up. In any real in any real form. Plus, if you're looking at things like, I want to watch every game that my team plays in, and you're say a Yankees fan or a Red Sox fan or even a Pirates fan, you have my team is on Apple TV Plus. They're on Peacock. They're on Fox. Maybe they might be on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. I definitely have to have the regional sports network. Hockey's the same way with ESPN Plus and the local broadcasts. This is what is turning into a problem. All the things that streaming was supposed to fix, right? I I can just have the service that has all the games for this such, such and such sport. That doesn't work in a streaming world right. because all the streaming places are completely happy to have one game or two games here or there versus I have the full slate. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering why we can't just have what the NFL has, which is something like Sunday Ticket where I pay one service and I get all of the games, no matter where they are, that's going back to the fact that all of the conferences individually have their own TV deals, which means they can all have their own individual streaming deals. So don't be surprised if the SEC shows up on Apple TV at some point. Yeah. Uh, see, see also a uh, CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, or Tim Apple, as some would refer to him. Yeah, he is an Auburn grad. And a not shy uh, promoter of Auburn as well. Was, He's been I was not aware ads of about so that. You, you brought that up. I that was yes. That's so, interesting. Uh, and Eddie Eddie Q, uh, who is in charge of all their services, especially Apple TV Plus, went to Duke. Huge sports fan. Has courtside seats for the Warriors. He is pushing for live sports. Okay, Carla, would you go out of your way like if if there were 
I, last season there was one um there there was one uh notre dame game that was on peacock exclusively w- would you go out of your way to to sign up to a service for a situation like that where you know a, a penn state game or two or something is only available on a streaming platform at least at least to you um i, I think it depends on the level of fandom okay. really um you know it, it, if it's your team i think that's different um and, and how involved you are with, as opposed to like the whole conference, right? Mm-hmm. So like, a, like, even though I'm a huge Big Ten fan, if it's an Iowa Nebraska game that's happening on a streaming service, like, oh, no, you gotta I'm not gonna... watch that. <laughs> uh, first of all, how dare you slander the $5 bits and share trophy <laughs> game? <laughs> Number one, and saying that that goes on a streaming service. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, I mean, I mean it, for, for reference, like, I know this is going to come across as being like blasphemous, but like we don't have ESPN Plus yet mm-hmm. um, okay. here at the, here at the you know and and there are definitely you know I I missed it during Penn's season mm-hmm. um, because there's so many hockey games on ESPN Plus and I am still a pure hockey fan because I never covered it so I'm actually still a fan sure. um, and I missed a bunch of games because we didn't have ESPN Plus and we're actually talking about like. The streaming services that we do have would we would we shift and add espn plus you know just even for for hockey season we um we add the sports entertainment pack to our streaming service mm-hmm. um just during football season okay so yes so i okay. have paid for um an add-on that we add on for four months um okay. and then we cancel it as soon as that's over so i guess it really kind of depends if that becomes the culture and it'll be really interesting because the NFL is going to force us into it this, mm-hmm. this year um, with the Thursday night game being exclusively on Amazon prime, right. it'll be right. really interesting to see how that translates on a broader scale or whether you get the same kind of what AJ was talking about, people complaining about the fact they can't see the game mm-hmm. on channel 53. Um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how, now, again, NFL and, and, and CWA football, it, it, slightly different beasts here but i think yeah. it, i think it'll be an interesting test case okay. i mean like let's let's call this out amazon didn't play games when they said we want the thursday game because the first six weeks of the season week two is chargers at chiefs yep. week three is steelers at browns Ooh. week four is miami at cincinnati thursday is mm-hmm. indianapolis at denver they are Man, putting stars yeah. And like, this isn't Jags, this isn't like Jags Texans. Right. This Mm -hmm. is like, we are putting marquee games and marquee teams onto Thursday night to generate viewers to this platform. And so this is, this is something you'll see going forward. I would not be, I've seen a number of things pop up like uh, the ACC. What was the thing I just, I literally just saw it. I saw a joke about tactical visors. You'll get it here in a second. <laughs> um, where did it go? There was that the ACC, yeah, the Pac-12 and ACC are discussing a broadcast partnership yeah. that would have the ACC network or a new ESPN network air Pac-12 games on the West Coast. This is the sort of like wild West we're in right now of like, okay, how do we, can we take advantage of this? Can we use this to generate more space here? Again, this all comes back to money and where things fit in. NBC and CBS are also sitting there. They're on the sidelines waiting. They could very much slide in for an ACC deal 
a CBS de- or, or a or for an ACC deal, a pack, a Big Twelve deal. Yep. All of those are still there, and somebody like CBS can potentially have a war chest along with Paramount Plus and NBC has right. Peacock. Peacock. Peacock and like these are the sorts of things that all of these services start to offer that turns this into much more of a business. I know that we like to joke about, you know, here's how the sport is going and it's really fun to watch, you know, Jake Hayner throw for 400 yards on half a leg for Fresno state, but this is what makes the game work. And in my opinion, this is also what makes college football kind of fun because it's not like the NFL where there's like one TV deal and they've just like worked that stuff out for the last, for the next 25 years and no one cares. It's like, Oh, right. This is like, they will literally move teams between conferences because they think it's fun to make the TV money go up. (laughs) And and here's the other interesting, the kind of piggyback off of that a little bit. It'll kind of, I think transition us a little bit into where we're heading with this conversation is that part of the problem with this is that essentially the conferences are competing against each other, right. For these media deals, because there's only so much content that a, that a network can handle. And so what has happened in all of this is the fact that, okay, ESPN has signed SEC, locked them in, and SEC is their cash cow. They've also signed a secondary deal with the ACC, locked them in for way too many years for way too little money, and now they're stuck, right? Because to ESPN, the ACC plays second fiddle to the SEC. Who's left out in all this? The Big 12. The Big 12 is currently signed with ESPN and ESPN has flat out said they're not interested in renewing that contract because they got what they wanted. They've got enough content. They can feed their audiences. And so now the Big 12 is going, okay. They're calling so Uncle Vern. They're yeah. And, and the thing about the Big 12 is that the Big 12 went from Texas and Oklahoma are leaving Y'all are dead, RIP. You got Houston and Cincinnati. That's cute. To might be adding Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, mm-hmm. Oregon, and Washington and creating a 20 team conference. Sure. <laughs> awesome. It's, I mean, I, I, I was, I immediately wrote off the Big 12 as dead last, at this point last year. Yeah, um, and, and and was clearly wrong. Uh, they have handled it well. And that is that is one of the two rumors that are going around just like today about what might happen with uh, Pac-12 remnants. Uh, do they team up with the ACC? Does the Big 12 absorb a whole bunch of those guys uh, from the old Pac-12? It's, um, it's fun. And we were actually um, wondering if we would have to change, uh, figure out how to change the show really quickly. And our outline, if uh, <laughs> if something happened today, but but we got at least a one day break. Um, but the show if, might be outdated by the time you're listening to it. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, I, and that's and so, that's that's happened before, so not a big deal. Hey, stay tuned. But at the end of the show, the three of us are just going to start saying random things that have happened, and we'll see who was right. We'll just we'll just predict the future and just say, oh man, wasn't it wild that Oregon joined the ACC? Like we could do anything we want to. Every anything is possible. USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten now. Like sure, awesome. We're gonna do that right now. We're gonna do that right now. Um, okay, I, I think as we're as we're lining up, uh, you know, new conference members in preparation for TV rights negotiations and all the fun that goes with it. Um, I think it's logical to assume that we're not done. With no. expansion, um, I, I, I am I do I agree? Does everyone agree with that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to 
do this exercise with with both the Big Ten and the SEC because I I, I feel like uh, I don't want to say consequential moves, but uh, that's that may be um, with the Big Twelve in here, obviously as well. The Big Twelve, I, they, I mean, we just kind of went over how they would get to twenty. Um, I want to see how the three of us would get the Big Ten to twenty and how we would get the SEC to twenty. Um, couple questions just about uh, just real quickly your thoughts about expansion and how this works um, clearly I need to let go of my notion of the traditional big 10 footprint in the Midwest and um, just embrace this this new TV coast to coast thing right airplane no? conference baby this airplane ain't conference. new this is not new in fact <clears throat> this goes back to 1959. Shout out to Matt Brown uh, of the Extra Points newsletter who wrote a wonderful book called What If. Uh, it was my first Amazon purchase in the last two years. Nice. Um, but this goes back to 1959. It was the brainchild of then University of Pittsburgh athletic director Tom Hamilton, who attempted to do what the Big Ten just did and build a conference that stretched coast to coast. It would have had five teams from the then Pacific Coast Conference, as Carla mentioned, USC and UCLA, some of the founding members there, but also Washington, Cal, and Stanford. It would have had four Eastern universities, Notre Dame, Pitt, Penn State, and Syracuse. And it would have had the three service academies, Army, Navy, and the Air Force. Now, this, I think, is a perfectly balanced conference. Because Army is based, he, Army is based on the East Coast. Navy is based on the East Coast. So you'd effectively have six teams on the East Coast, yep. and then you'd have these six Western teams: Washington, Cal, USC, UCLA, Stanford, and Air Force. Air Force based in Colorado Springs. You would have effectively a coast-to-coast -coast conference that could have effectively localized divisions. So the only travel would be some cross-country travel to play cross-division. This did not happen because the Pentagon stepped in and said no. No. <laughs> Literally, the, the Pentagon, the, the some four-star general had to go, I'm sorry, you want the army to do what? <laughs> no. And then they moved a, on. A very large building filled with people not known for their sense of humor. No, absolutely no humor in the building. Or, or just the ability to enjoy things. Why have fun? Not so much. Yeah, don't do that. So the airplane conference effectively is what the Big Ten built. Mm -hmm. And they could, in my opinion, mm -hmm. if they're, I think they're not done expanding. I think they are likely to add additional West Coast teams. I think they have to add additional West Coast teams. Otherwise, UCLA and UCLA, USC and UCLA are on, a, are on an island. Shout out to my beloved Rainbow Warriors who have to do this all the time. And hey. no one complains. Yeah, that's a good but, point. UCLA it is, it is. and USC would be effectively on their own little travel island with each other. Having additional teams on the West Coast, having some teams maybe a little bit closer to them in the Midwest mm -hmm. or even in the mountain time zone would be really, really helpful. But I think the Big Ten could easily get to 20 teams mm -hmm. if you would like to know my list. Right. So they've um, already I let me let me ask you this one question before before we actually get to the, to the names here, um, because it's been a thing that has been driving, uh, uh, it, it's been like outside of TV markets is probably the second most important thing, apparently from uh, what the conference has done uh, as we go through this process. And that is membership in the Association of American Universities. We have talked about this before. 
Every Big Ten school, except for Nebraska, is a member. Uh, Southern Cal, UCLA, also both members. Um, and obviously, there are there are Pac-12 schools out there that are members. Um, is that Lots an important is that an important thing for the Big Ten to continue to pursue, or is that a limitation that uh, the conference should be careful of right now? What do you think, Carla? Ooh, I was gonna say, ask your resident academic. Um, okay. <laughs> Look at that. So, so, so I have thoughts on this. Um, and part of this is because of things that I have experienced um, at the university where I, I, I for, for those of you that might not have listened to us ever before, hi, um, I teach at Middle Tennessee <laughs> State University. Um, and one of the things that I have learned um, over the past couple of years is the fact that um, research standing is like super important mm-hmm. when it comes to funding and salary and um, grant money, right? So as an institution, MTSU actually just raised their research level. We went from an R3 institution to an R2 institution, which turns out to be a pretty big deal. Um, Mm -hmm. And and as someone who's kind of coming into the world of academia as a second career, right? Right. um, Didn't realize how big of a deal that was and how much it is actually shifting the way that I have to teach Um, and different things that I have to emphasize on research skills and um, getting things approved through um, IRB, the Institutional Review Board and all those kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that the Big Ten, for this amount of time, has been able to stay with institutions that are AAU mm-hmm. is a big deal. It, it, it means absolutely nothing in the athletic arena. Right. Nothing. Right. It really just depends on whether or not these schools find that the, the academic side mm-hmm. to be as much a part of their branding and their draw and their recruit and the, like their appeal. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so to me, as the Big Ten, as someone who's been a Big Ten fan and who now is better understanding what AAU means, um, having lost the regional footprint, because I'm like you, right? I like yeah. the fact that, that the Big Ten had a regional footprint. And that was my first reaction when I heard USC and UCLA. I was at first like, what are we doing? Um, and then the second thought was like, wait, no, this actually makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the AAU thing is going to continue to be a thing. Okay. Um, so to me, I think they should consent, continue to pursue that. There's some other side things there that I'll get into when I start talking about my teams, but I'll, I'll stop okay. there for now. Okay. Okay. Um, AJ, do you have a thought either way? I mean, that's, is that something the Big Ten should continue to do or, or they're just getting in their own way? I think part of it gets in their own way from an athletic standpoint. Okay. Right now. Do, does the the question becomes I don't know this because I'm not in academia and this is you know not my not my forte right but does the does do the AAU members regularly get together and would they get together based on their what it really is the athletic side of the house mm-hmm. and those affiliations because I know that they do talk about the SEC likes to talk about like we are all together as the SEC and it's like you're an athletic conference, not necessarily a thing there. By the way, crappy, Texas A&M is an yes. AAU school. Yes, they are. And new SEC member Texas is also an AAU school. So the yes. SEC is also pulling up their bona fides. Um, if the Big Ten would like to add an AAU school with a football program that has been fairly recently successful, the University of Buffalo is available. Um, 
they would they i they would be too annoying in the big 10 i i should sure be oh, sure would be man i don't want any part of that so all of the all of this is to say i think that they can do they can continue to do aau schools and in fact mm-hmm. my list the there was i had one school on my list to get the big 10 to big 20 um that was not an AAU school okay. and it will be a very fun name when I say it, oh, sweet. Um, right. but in this, it's not necessary. I think it would be getting in their own way. Okay. I don't think that they necessarily have to force it. Mm-hmm. I do think that it is something that the big 10 fan base and the conference does pride itself on that. We do care deeply about academics and academia <laughs> and, and the studies of man. But as long as, <laughs> as long as, fox is the one really pulling the strings back here mm-hmm. fox is just handing them like when they handed them ucla and usc like they instantly walked past the bona fides because they were already aau schools they're already r1 schools so they yep. know they can just just walk them right in the, the big 10 goes okay good there these are good schools that also happen to have good football brands mm-hmm. that we would like to have by the way this also because this is this isn't just like conference affiliation for football this means ucla basketball is now now big 10 basketball is a yes thing. it is so all of those pieces go along with that mm-hmm. and that's I, I, every time i think about this question and I, we might have even talked about this on the show at some point last season i i come across kansas yep and which is an aau school in in and i'm like okay obviously kansas football eh but man, what that does for the Big Ten as a basketball conference? Um, you you guys act like you forgot. You guys forgot you added Rutgers. I know. I know. Y'all, y'all act like you forgot. Not, but, but Rutgers has been uh, better. Annoying. Yeah. Occasionally yeah, I annoying. Would, I would count them as occasionally annoying. Yeah, they they've been they've been annoying when Greg Schiano was their head coach. That was it. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle um, Flood had one good year. Yeah. So anyway, I, we're we're. Um, I'm going to start this, uh, and okay. the, the, the basic assumption is uh, we are expanding both conferences from 16, uh, which that number includes the teams that they have added that may, that aren't playing in the conference yet, to get up to 20. Um, and certainly we are aware that 20 might not be the end of this process. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I am going with uh, Stanford, uh, and Stanford is kind of my holy grail for this. Um, a, a good football program you know, a step or two away from being a great football program, uh, unparalleled academics and an unparalleled athletic program. I mean, in, in good word, almost everything, um, Oregon. I don't know that the student body or the alumni base at Oregon is super concerned with being an AAU school, but they are. Um, and again, I, I, uh, that's, that gives, um, that gives uh, SC and UCLA, you know, some partners on the West Coast. Um, it, it gives the Big Ten, keeps the Big Ten in line with its academic uh, preferences um, and adds two schools with, with very good athletic programs. This is a fun one. And, and I just, I did this, not because I think really it's going to happen, but, but it just makes more sense than what's going on in reality. Missouri, um, I, I still, it's just dumb that they're in the SEC and I will always think that it's dumb they're in the, that they're in the SEC. Uh, so, you know, Missouri, go, you could, you could, you, they'd be just as, do, do just as well as Big 12. Um, but either way, 
just get out of the SEC. That doesn't make any sense. And then this one, for completely selfish reasons, Pitt. Um, there are many schools that would be better choice uh, than than Pitt, like UNC or UVA or uh, there, you know, Colorado. Um, but if I could go see Ohio State road games ten minutes from my house, you know, I'm 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 all in on that. Um, the other, the other, the only other disclaimer I have to offer: I would kick off Oregon, Missouri, Pitt, UC, uh, UVA, or UNC at once. Um, Stanford would be the only one that I would not. If uh, if that school in South Bend wanted to talk, and that's my list. Um, Carla, what 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 for are are you grabbing to get the Big Ten to twenty? So, um, I love that you said Mizzou. Okay. Um, because. I came up with a couple of different scenarios here, um, depending on whether or not the six teams that have been rumored to be joining the big 12, whether or mm -hmm. not that happens. Yeah. Right. So let's assume right now that doesn't happen. Okay. Um, and I've already kind of, I, I've thought through the idea of um, let's keep getting West coast teams, right. Okay. Same, same kind of logic. So let's pull okay. for out of the pack 12. I love Stanford. Um I think they would be a great addition. I think Cal would be mm -hmm. a good addition. Um, and then I also like Oregon and Washington that keeps some of those um, rivalries together. So essentially you would be creating, you know, a pretty nice division up and down the, 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 the West coast. Mm -hmm. um, another option that I threw that I was thinking through was okay. Same thing that you saw about Kansas um, mm -hmm. and the idea that Kansas is the only AAU school left in the big 12 after Texas leaves. Um, mm -hmm. and so Kansas would be a natural fit in the big 10. Um, and so maybe you, you know, maybe you punt Cal and put Kansas in its place thinking okay. primarily basketball and some of the other, um, mm -hmm. non-revenue gen sports. Um, here's a, a, a curveball. Okay. Um, if, and this is a big, if. Um, the, if the six teams that are rumored to go to the big 12, actually go to the big 12, mm -hmm. that still leaves Stanford on the table. Stanford is not a part of that conversation. I, I noticed that. And that's really interesting to me. And I, I didn't it have is. a chance to track down what that was about. Yeah. I had, I didn't dig into that deeply enough. Okay. Um, that's, to out that's a, that's a very simple one. Okay. This, this goes back to Cal and Stanford, but Cal in particular, um, when there was the big push, the last time there was big realignment and mm -hmm. the big 12 was looking to add a bunch of pac 12 schools. This, this is by the way, folks, if you're new here, this is not the first time this has happened. <laughs> the last time this happened, Cal and Stanford said, absolutely not. We will not join a conference with Baylor and TCU. They do not want to be part of the of private religious school conferences byu would be another one they do not want to be a part of that hmm. they really really hate that and so they backed out hippies. so and then uh the pac-12 decided they were going this is when the pac-12 was trying to pull in big 12 schools right. and the pac-12 tried to negotiate with the lost dots who was the ad at texas uh to lost dots pulled a ropey dope on him and said yeah sure that sounds cool took the deal to espn and said give me my own tv network and i'll stay in the big 12 and ESPN said, all right, cool. Here's the Longhorn Network. Yep. <laughs> that, 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 that is exactly how this all happened. exactly how it went down, too, because I was so I was in the Rivals newsroom when the, the day that that happened, when Orange wow. Bloods broke the story. And I was managing um, their media appearances. 
Um, like, because we were getting phone calls off the, off the hook. And so I, we were booking media appearances for the guys from, uh, from orange bloods. Um, and that's exactly how it went down hundred percent the way that that went up. Um, your your curveball, your curveball. So my curveball, um, Stanford, Kansas, and then you go pilfer from the ACC Mm -hmm. and you go get Duke and Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the big 10 has always been a basketball conference. Yep. So that's true. Everybody knows this. <laughs> I'm not opposed to this idea. The problem is, is that you've, 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 sep- you've pulled away the third wheel in the Carolinas. NC State. You left, you left NC State behind and they will not be pleased with this news in the slightest. But They're NC State, already I mad think, about ACC scheduling. But I think, I, I think can, NC State can... is also an AAU school. I think I think NC State is on the AAU list. If I remember correctly, uh, no. No, no, they're Carol- not. Okay, no. NC State is not on there. We can, Interestingly we can... enough, Notre Dame is not on the AAU no, list. No, it's not. It's not. Which is yeah. Thanks. You took you took my curveball because I was like, yeah, here's my list. They're all AAU <laughs> schools except Notre except, Dame. Except yeah. AJ, what's your list? So my list is uh, you guys already named them all. It's Cal, Stanford, Notre Dame, and Pitt. And okay. the reason for that is the Cal and Stanford are paired together at the hip forever. Mm-hmm. They will always be paired at the hip forever. That's, that's a so good point. You take, good in point. my opinion, if you take Stanford, you have to take Cal. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame should have been in the Big Ten forever ago. Yeah, yes. um, thanks, Catholics, I guess. Uh, I think some the story of why Notre Dame is not in the Big Ten or the predecessor to the Big Ten has to do with a like anti-Catholic slant somewhere along the line. And then uh, Pitt belongs there because I just want to see Pitt Penn State every single year. I just want that. I, I do too. And I yeah. agree. And I, I would, I would be happy to see that forever. Now, what I've done is I've made a power three, where I have made three twenty-team conferences. Yes. So, if I take the big, the Big Twelve, so we've got Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, WVU, and then the new four: BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF. Right, that is the current Big Twelve, the actual twelve of the Big Twelve. I'm adding Oregon, Washington, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Wazoo, and Oregon State. I have kept every in-state rivalry. I have maintained a Western division because BYU can sit out there with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Colorado's out there too, so I can effectively maintain a somewhat Western conference there. With the Big Ten, I've already mentioned my four. And then for the SEC, because they're at 16 as well, I'm adding Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and Virginia Tech. And I have just made the SEC an absolute monster of a football conference. Mm -hmm. Basketball, it's Kentucky. But apparently, I take that back. Georgia and Alabama were very good this year, too. Auburn Mm -hmm. was like number one in the country for a while. So the SEC can also be a basketball school. I really regret to inform you, ACC, that y'all are dead. I've left, I've left Tobacco Road intact because my, uh, my beautiful friends in the, in the Carolinas, I cannot bear to see them unhappy and not be able to just uh, get pithy about the fact that they all play each other 20 minutes away from each other. Yes. Uh, it is the most convenient rivalry set in all of college sports. So we got to keep that together. Okay. Um, I, say, can I, can, I can throw a cur- I can throw an addition to that too, because I, I, I saw do. this conversation on Twitter. Um, a hat tip to a friend of the show, Braden Gall, um, who had a conversation on, um, on Twitter regarding, um, couldn't the SEC punt Vandy and bring on Louisville, which 
is a really interesting conversation. So if you go back to Crappy's idea here of the Big Ten picking up Mizzou, which Mm -hmm. I like, Mm -hmm. Mizzou and Vandy to the Big Ten, that frees up six slots in the SEC, Mm -hmm. which means that you could do what AJ just said and bring on Duke and Carolina. You were again leaving NC State and they will be very, very <laughs> upset about this. I cannot explain to you how little brother NC State NC. is in that rivalry and they will be forever mad. And I, I like Raleigh better than both Chapel Hill and Durham. No, I will. Um, listen, I hate Duke I, with a deep, deep passion, yes. but I will ride for Durham. Durham is amazing. Mm. Durham is the gritty one of the three. It's the best. I, I know. I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand. Um. Uh, so we've heard everybody. Uh, Carla, did you get you? Yes, you just gave us our SEC, your SEC teams. Um, yes. I need to do this. Well, no, I didn't. I, I said no, that was. Did. I said that was an that was an option. If I was the SEC, I would that go was after a, an option, but perhaps not your option. My option would be to go get Florida State, Miami, Clemson, and Louisville. Okay. Because okay. I think that's negotiable for the SEC. Because mm-hmm. same media rights holders. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. ESPN so for every. Can- ESPN, ESPN can do whatever ESPN they want. Shuffle, yeah, ESPN can shuffle the deck chairs. They can do whatever they want to. Yeah, so those are easy. That's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Done. Oh, okay. By the way, a point that I did want to make about uh, this whole Fox adding USC and UCLA, mm-hmm. the other thing is that Fox is desperately trying to make LA a sports town. Note that Fox does all of their broadcasting yep. from yeah. LA. Yes. All of their college sports, all of their pregame shows, whatever – all of that happens out of LA. They want LA to be a thing and putting USC and UCLA, the two LA schools into their big top tier college football franchise, the big 10. I know that that pains everyone here to hear that, that that's their franchise, but it is Mm -hmm. by putting them into that. They are able to put more eyeballs because guess who wants to watch USC, Ohio state, everybody. Guess who wants to watch UCLA, Michigan. everybody right these are the sorts of things that they can put more eyeballs and by the way do you think la doesn't have a bazillion big 10 school alumni in it right yeah you'd be hard pressed to find otherwise like this is i I actually mentioned this uh shout out to our chief strategy officer at work who is a huge ohio state fan has an ohio state fan or has an ohio state helmet in his office right behind him and i said hey just this is completely unrelated to anything business-wise. Are you going to go to the Rose Bowl when Ohio State plays UCLA? And he goes, yes. Why wouldn't I do that? I was like, are you going to go on the road trips to USC? He's like, yeah, you want to go? And I was like, yes. He's like, well, you wear an Ohio State show. I was like, of course I will. And I won't even feel bad about it because it's UCLA. They have 20,000 people in the stands. There's going to be 60,000 Ohio State fans oh, yeah. who get a bonus Rose Bowl. Of course they're going to go. <laughs> Um, I, 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 a couple more things about expansion. Um, my SEC, I have the three that everybody has, uh, Miami, Florida state and Clemson, um, thinking exclusively pretty much of, of eyeballs and TV. My fourth is Georgia tech. Um, I, I mean, Miami and Florida state would lock up the state of Florida in terms of television and like the entire state, um, Tech locks up Atlanta TV even more tightly than than it is now uh, with, with UGA, and you know it has the best football program in the South that isn't already in the conference. Um, and this is that's not NC State. Um, 
Two questions and for both of you, then we will move I will, on. Uh, hey, NC State fans, I see you. Yeah. I recognize you, and I'm here for you. Okay. What, Carla? Yes. Uh, what should happen with Notre Dame? What will happen with Notre Dame? And I'm, I'm thinking uh, mostly short term. Um, I think Notre Dame's going to sit out their media deal right now. Um, start looking um, because you, you, you have to believe that the ACC looks much less appealing now mm -hmm. um, than it did strictly from the financial angle. Right. Um, and if they were going to join the big 10, you know, I mean, obviously the payday is going to be much bigger than what they will probably be able to negotiate from NBC or whoever, when their media rates deal is up. I think Notre Dame is going to sit on this for a year. Um, it wouldn't stun me if we were doing this show again next summer, because that's about the time that Notre Dame is yeah. going to start negotiating their deal. Yeah. Um, I, it wouldn't stun me again if we were doing another conference realignment show at this time in 2023 for Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. That's what okay. I think they should do. Okay. Will they do that? It's a matter of putting aside some ego. Mm -hmm. But never say never yeah. because Texas gave up the Longhorn Network. True, true. Uh, AJ, same questions. What should happen with Notre Dame? What will happen with Notre Dame? What should happen? is I, I am in agreement. I think Notre Dame should be in the Big Ten. It makes all of the sense in the world, footprint-wise, culture-wise, history-wise, academia-wise, all of the things that, like, that goes together. That's mm -hmm. two tastes, that's two tastes that taste together. I'm not saying they're great. I'm just saying that they taste and they go together. <laughs> However, what Notre Dame will do, because they're Notre Dame and they feel like they're special little boys, I can see them. I actually saw someone post this. It was a, like a, you, you have to build a 12 game schedule, right? Mm -hmm. What if, because USC and let's say Stanford were to go to the big 10, they could build a four game Notre Dame versus the big 10. Yeah. They could build a four game Notre Dame versus the ACC and then build a four game, do whatever the hell else you want to do. Play a play an Academy play, a Mac school, play an SEC school, play a big payday game, whatever. It's kind and of what they build. do. It's kind of what they do already. It's kind of what they do already, but actually formalize it as a four, yeah. four, and four mm, okay. schedule. Okay. And this this would piss off the most people because uh, people want to see Notre Dame just like not be special. Mm -hmm. And this would make them, again, the most special team in all of college football. <sighs> and that's what they will do. Um, whether or not anybody lets them get away with it, completely different story. Okay. Okay. Um, should obviously join the big 10 uh, for all the reasons that, that both you guys have mentioned. It's just, it makes too much sense for it not to happen. And, and I, I, I still kind of think it's going to happen eventually. Um, but it, it, for right now, what will Notre Dame do? That is nothing. Um, as you know, they've, they've got a, a new TV deal coming up so that they have a little, a little freedom there. Um, a Pat Forty wrote a column, I think, uh, yesterday or today, um, makes a good point about the, the college football playoff expiring, I think, after the 26th season. Um, you know, what happens with that? Because right now, you know, the uh, discussions to, to expand the playoff uh, seem to have died. Uh, so what, is there going to be a playoff after, after that season? Um, and, and then, you know, got to wait and see what happens with the ACC. Does the ACC even 
continue to exist uh, in the next year or two. Those are both things that that forty uh, that forty pointed out that I, I agree with that you know Notre Dame will consider. Um, for right now, nothing. That that's they are going to continue to be Notre Dame, and I will see them in Columbus on the first weekend in September. Uh, we focus a lot on the Big Ten to this point because that's who we are as a podcast, um, and uh, and also on the SEC because they tend to take up the second most uh, much amount of our time. Um, it's not as simple as plucking our preferred additions out of their current homes, uh, like we just did with uh, with the uh, the previous exercise. There are problems with uh, the, the ACC in particular, um, yanking them out of a conference before the, um, before the, the media deal is up uh, sometime in the next generation or two, whenever that was. Um, that, that's going to be an expensive proposition uh, for somebody. Uh, AJ, how, explain how that's going that's, that's to go. They're, they're at a ridiculous like buyout number right now, right? Yeah, so... Basically, what ends up happening is most of these contracts have a you owe us the remainder of the contract if you want to leave early. The funny part here is that even though they've got this 20-year contract, the contract number is not that high. So right now, the figure is believed to be north of $100 million for a school to leave if they wanted to leave right now. (laughs) But as time goes on, if that number gets down to, let's say, 80 million and the sec comes calling calls up Davo and says hey Davo, y'all want to come down and play in the swamp or whatever mm-hmm. they would say for the sec that's two years of ac of sec money yeah like you can't tell me that they couldn't say hey we're gonna bring in clemson clemson's gonna not have any tv money for these two years but they're gonna have 40 million coming out of it after that Mm-hmm. Or they work out some payment schedule with the ACC where the ACC gets that's... like a third or a quarter or half of that mm-hmm. money, but Clemson's still pocketing more money than they would be getting from the ACC. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing that kind of goes into, you know, what, you know, just to kind of transition this a little bit, when we think about USC and UCLA being broke, mm-hmm. right? They're looking at this and saying, okay, let's say the Big Ten pays us even they match the SEC and it's 40 million a year. That is double what we're getting from the S- from the from the Pac-12. Do I sit here and say like it's not going to be hard to travel? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. There's mm-hmm. going to and the, the the pain is not the football team. The pain is on the basketball team. The pain is on the non-revenue sports yeah. like softball and volleyball and baseball and soccer Mm -hmm. who play more than once a week, right? The football team only plays once a week. Yeah. And they only for a relatively short period of time. For Um, a relatively short period of time. So if UCLA goes and plays at Ohio State or at Penn State, that's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. travel-wise. Because the Mm -hmm. next week they could just say, hey, if you if they have an away game, they have to have a home game the next week. They can't have back-to-back away games. Done. Yeah. But in yeah, soccer, where they play totally four or five games, you might have a situation where like USC and UCLA are just playing like this is like when the Penguins play their like stupid West Coast road trip. Right. Right. At the beginning of the year, they play like Edmonton and Winnipeg and Vancouver and Calgary and Seattle and the Sharks before coming back mm-hmm. because traveling to the other side of the country and back over and over again doesn't work this might be the way that that works but that takes a huge toll on those athletes 
but they can look at it and say like from a financial standpoint they could say yeah this is going to cost us more in travel but mm-hmm. we're making 20 20 extra million a year if it costs us two million in travel we still have 18 million dollars and yeah. carla yeah. this is kind of where you were you know yes. kind of saying like hey let, what does this do how does this work well this was you found an article in the chronicle of higher education a day or two ago yeah that 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 talked about this issue pretty specifically um uh, what I give us the gist of what what that story said? Yeah, it was really it was really interesting and things that get lost in the shuffle of all this, right? The non-revenue gen sports and what I found really interesting in, in that particular article was the idea of what we were just talking about with the Big Ten and the AAU, right? Mm-hmm. And that these are highly academic institutions, and that that's part of the selling point of all of this is that you can go to a really strong academic school and continue your athletic career. What happens now with all this extra travel, students miss classes. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to pursue that degree that they wanted and continue to play their sport because they're going to miss too many classes, miss too many lab sessions, yeah. right? And even if they are, they are able to figure out a way to make that happen, mm-hmm. what's going to be sacrificed in all of this? Sleep. Right. And, and that brings into a, you know, a huge conversation that's happening right now, particularly in the academic community. We're having it at MTSU with mental health and students. Right. And, and the one thing that really plays a huge factor in the mental health of, of students and student athletes in particular is the amount of sleep they are able to get. And so by doing this, we're causing ripple effects well beyond the athletic community. And it might force a student athlete entering freshman year to say, Hey, I have the opportunity to go play at a big 10 school. You know, if they have the same offer on the table from an, a big 10 school and an ACC school, mm-hmm. does it make on the academic side a little bit more appealing to go to the ACC school because I can actually go to class and I can actually get the degree. I mean, the NCAA did that whole advertising thing, right. About yep. how student athletes yeah. don't go on to play professionally. They go on to do other things. They're going to go pro in something other than sports. They're going to yes. go pro in something other than sports. Right. Yep. Um, we've now given a really tough decision mm-hmm. potentially to students that might have the potential to go play in the big 10 and might turn that down in pursuit of academics. Right. Um, things that you don't necessarily think about when you're thinking about Fox pulling the strings on a TV deal. Right. And that's, that's the sort of thing that came up when WVU went to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to hear anybody who's a WVU fan or anybody close to the WVU program say, oh, yeah, it's super easy and no one's ever mad about it. <laughs> They're constantly mad, like, oh, the soccer team has to go to Laredo or has to go to Lubbock. Yes. Like, yeah. you go to the moon. It's the same thing, right? It's there's that amount of travel is a lot, especially to those schools. Now, USC and UCLA have five airports. Team flies into the airport. They take a bus from the airport to hotel, which is near the school, so on and so forth. They can make that work. Same with Cal, same with Stanford, um, same with Oregon, same with UCLA or same with Washington. But when you start to consider in all of these travel schedules, you're right. It does take away from the actual student experience and this is these are still students mm-hmm. who are still in college who have to keep up their classes because if they don't 
they are academically ineligible to participate. Like this is a big deal, yeah. right? This is, we, we still, as much as we, you know, like to joke about how there's a lot of money here in NIL and the players should be paid, which they should, these are still college students who are still trying to get degrees, who at the end of this, they, there is no insurance, there's no retirement from, there's no 401k for football, right? right? Yep. You, you have this time period in which you can do this. Do you really want to spend your time as a lineman on a plane <laughs> going back and forth across the country? Do you really want to do that? And that's, that might lead to interesting recruiting questions, which is why I think the yep. Big Ten is not done expanding. And I think they want more West Coast or mountain time zone teams that they can add in so that they can say that, look, we are not just like UCLA and USC were the first two. We have more in the, we have more in the tank, but we don't necessarily want to let that out of the bag now, but right now it looks really, really bad. Maybe that changes if they add somebody. Okay. Okay. It's, it, it's interesting things to, to think about. And, and again, fan uh, crappy is like woohoo let's let's get the foot let's get them in in the league and get them playing football games right now um and and then you think about you know the, how much time i'd spent watching like women's hockey uh this the, this winter um and in the non-revenue sports um that's and that's that's going to have a huge impact on on all those programs and and maybe to the point there where it actually changes the course of them as 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 carla referenced uh we are getting down to uh an hour ish so we're gonna go uh to the speed round where um i have a, a few questions uh just about how this has gone how it will go um and then we'll have uh you know a final thought and we will be done until whenever it is that we need to do another show, which might be next week. We, we don't have any idea. Um, I, I want to start with the, uh, the, 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 the three other Power Five conferences, such as they are right now, um, and get your quick opinion as to whether or not the conference is buying or selling. Uh, the Pac-12, AJ, are they buying or selling? They would like to buy. They are selling. They are selling. Carla? Um, yeah, I think they're selling. I, I I would I would tend to agree. I was I was dead wrong about the big the, the Big Twelve last fall, uh, last summer. But I but I I, I think the Pac twelve is selling around this time around. Speaking of the Big Twelve, uh, AJ buying or selling? Absolutely buying. Absolutely. They they are trying their they are trying their hardest to maintain and not die. They they saw everybody call them dead. And they said I'm not dead yet. Yeah, yeah mm. they did. They did. They did. Uh, Carla, uh, Big Twelve. Uh, Big 12 is definitely buying, but I'm wondering if they have a little bit of buyer's remorse for jumping on the, you know, jumping on the grenade too quickly last summer, um, because everybody panicked when Texas mm -hmm. and Oklahoma left and had they just waited it out for one more year, uh, right. it could have, I mean, a, a, a wholesale merger between what's left of the Pac-12 and what's left of the Big 12 would have been pretty appealing. I think though they, they grabbed the teams that they grabbed, they grabbed Houston, UCF, Cincinnati and BYU, four schools that they had planned on adding many moons ago. The mm -hmm. first time that they were talking about adding schools because they couldn't have a con they wanted a conference championship game, and it wasn't until they were allowed to have one without divisions that they kind of scurried away on that one. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they were unopposed to adding those teams, and I think adding them, they've already added a playoff contender in Cincinnati. 
Right. Sure. They have added BYU, a team who is regularly good. Mm-hmm. They added UCF, who just got a pair of four-star linebackers. Gus is cruton down there. And they added Houston, a school who has a bunch of money, who has consistently been a nine to 10 win team in the AAC. I don't think they panicked. I think they got what they got. And I think that if they stood pat right now, they'd be fine. And if they add the Pac-12 schools, they're going to be great. Did you hear AJ slip some actual football discussion in, in that comment? Did you guys, did you notice that? Sure uh, did. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, I, and don't I, forget, the, don't forget we, we put Holgo back in the big 12. So there's always that. Yes. <laughs> the sugar-free, the sugar-free Red Bull God himself is bad, yes. baby. Yes. Um, I, I am with you guys. Uh, big 12 is, is absolutely buying. Um, I, I think primarily looking to the West at this point. Uh, that leaves us with, um spoiler alert this is the conference that i think is in the worst shape of all maybe uh and that is the acc um uh aj buying or selling neither okay i I don't think they're doing anything i think they're stuck no one wants their no one wants to join them for the tv money nope no one wants to join them for the like quality of play because it's clemson and maybe florida maybe florida state gets together miami seems to be putting everything in nil not not, losing a ton not nc state nc state is a nine-win team every year you know this they they have a ceiling how dare you but (laughs) they've taken the place of nine and four bo polini i'm sorry raleigh but they here's the but the they, they don't they're not doing either. They're stuck. They can't buy because no one wants to join them. And they're not selling because everybody's locked up for the next 20 years. They're, they are, they are stasis. Um, I, I, uh, before I respond, uh, Carla, the ACC is buying or selling. I, th- I, I kind of agree. They're, they're, they're yeah. kind of stuck playing. They're stuck playing little brother, which is, which is really funny because that was, that was always Dabo's big argument, right? Was that uh, Clemson's little brother in the SEC country. Lil, and now like Lil legitimately they are. Well, old Clemson just out here, just trying to make do yeah. with our five-star quarterback. Dabo was right. The thing that I wrote down is selling comma eventually. Um, right now they don't have to do anything, but I, I just, I, I th- if if any of these conferences are going to like vanish completely, um, for some reason I feel like it's the ACC, which is odd. They've they've been around for so long, but um, that's that's what I that, that's what I see. Uh, Carlo, what should happen with the Big Ten title game? Um, gosh, I know we I know we had this conversation on the text thread about the idea of it moving to SoFi Stadium. Um, everything makes sense uh, for it to go there. It, it, should that happen? I don't know. Like the big 10 heart in me is like, Ugh, I hate that going all the way to LA, but everything else about it adds up and it makes total sense. Um, big 10 title game is going to be in Los Angeles somewhere. Hmm. AJ, same question. I think it would be hilarious if the big 10 title game ended up in LA and, but here's the thing. Think about it. When is the big 10 title? game? Uh, first week in December. It's the first week of December. Yeah. You can't tell me that a bunch of people in the Midwest don't want to go to LA for a weekend at the first week of December. You can't tell me that. I cannot tell you, you that. You can't tell me that like if Wisconsin <laughs> and Penn State 
were in the Big Ten title game that a bunch of people were like, oh, we should go get a flight to LAX. And then they all bugger <laughs> off to their, they, they bugger off to whatever airport to catch the connector to LAX. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, they're absolutely going to do that. I um, I still want to see the Big Ten title game in Soldier Field, but you know. hundred percent. That's never, that's never going to happen. Um, now, I, I, could, I, I could absolutely see them putting it on a rotation. Of like, uh, yeah, I actually that's oil, probably, Soldier Field. That's the so most fine. likely thing if yeah. we're if we're being serious. If we're not being serious, and you want to have a game um, on the uh, on the West Coast uh, in December, how about Levi Stadium? <laughs> big jeans. <laughs> Let's go, I, big jeans. I hear they have some experience with conference championship games. I just just a thought. Big uh, title game on a Friday night. Let's go. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like it's like five o'clock. At five p.m. <laughs> yeah. What? In middle uh, of nowhere, California. Uh, it's in the middle of San Jose. You put, you put some respect yeah. on big jeans like that. Hey, Santa, don't blame me. That Dabo said that. That's true. That middle is, of nowhere, California. Heavy, like like true. he's like he doesn't know where Clemson is. <laughs> Outside of the years that it is involved in um, the, the college football playoff, continuing that, uh, assuming that continues for a while, what should happen with the Rose Bowl, AJ? I think the Rose Bowl should just, this is going to pain both of you to hear this. The Rose Bowl should be the at-large bowl every year. It should be the game where the Rose Bowl gets to pick two teams that it thinks is going to put on a bonkers ass game. Just like the Utah, you can't tell me that Utah Ohio state game last year was not bananas. I was, that was fun as heck when that was over. Oh yeah. Penn, the Penn state USC game. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was fantastic. Right. I don't want to see Iowa Stanford. I just don't, I don't want to see that game. I don't want that to be the thing where it's like, oh, Iowa fans go to Stan- go to the Rose Bowl. They're super excited, and Stanford runs them over. I don't want to see that game. I want the I want them to pick like, oh, hey, um, we're gonna have uh, Clemson and uh, I don't know Florida. Give me that in the Rose Bowl. Give me the most bonker. Give me the give me the good the like. You didn't make the playoff. Sorry about that. You're your uh, alternative prize, your consolation prize is you get to play in the Rose Bowl. You can't tell that's me. Not a bad, that's not a bad idea. Um, and you cannot tell, like that's the five, six game, the mm-hmm. year that the, that the playoff, that's in the, in the year that the Rose Bowl isn't a playoff game or always make the Rose Bowl the five, six game. Yeah, because, I mean, something, something hey, like that or, or does first, anybody first teams out of the playoff, something hey, like that. Ch- Georgia, Oklahoma. That was fun. That was fun. Like was put, fun. make that the five, six game. Mm-hmm. And then every year, like, cause the playoffs, the playoff game. So if we're talking about TV ratings, we're back to TV things. The national championship game is the highest rank, the highest rated game of the year. Every mm-hmm. year, the playoff semifinals are two and three. The Rose bowl is four. Ohio state, Michigan is five mm-hmm. every single year. So, Make the Rose Bowl the five six game, and then always have these like two top tier programs playing, and you can get kids to stick around because they get to play in the Rose Bowl. This is always yep. the big beef of like, oh hey, Pitt's playing Michigan State in the 
Fiesta Bowl or whatever, Kenny Pickett is not playing because he's like, this game doesn't matter. I don't care because I don't really give a damn about playing at University of Phoenix Stadium. I'll be playing there against the Cardinals in the fall. <laughs> like, he doesn't care about that sort of thing or the right. Peach Bowl or wherever they play. But the Rose Bowl is its own unique thing. Yes. Even for me, a like not big Big Ten traditionalist person, it is still a big deal. And having yeah. that as the five six game, I think solves that problem. Okay, okay, Carla, what 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 do you think when it's it, when it's not directly involved with uh, the college football playoff? If that continues, what what should happen there? First of all, that was the idea I always had for the Bahamas Bowl. The Bahamas Bowl should be the five six game. Like, oh, so if you don't get to go to the playoff, you get to go to the Bahamas. Um, anyhow, um, I like I like that idea of the Rose mm-hmm. Bowl. I think I think that's a good. I think that would be a good selling point, and I think it would make for an entertaining game. I think. If the Pac-12, if the six teams of the Pac-12 go to the Big 12, um, so you end up with the Big 12, Pac-12 kind of mm-hmm. mashup, right? If you wanted to stay traditional conference alignment, I would say it's Big 10, Big 12 bowl game. Um, because let's be real about this. You're going to probably end up with two of the better teams in the country. Maybe not five, six. Mm-hmm but you're going to end up with a pretty darn good matchup if you stick with those two conferences. Um, And you kind of keep a little bit of the tradition, um, but allow for, for a little bit of of a new generation to it. So I like the idea of the five, six game. Um, Mm -hmm. But if I was, I I, I would go big 10, big 12. This is where this gets even more fun. Didn't even throw, didn't even think about this, but let's say the big 12 and Pac-12 did merge. You know what you've just created a power four. True. Yeah. Congratulations. I just made automatic qualifiers. Win your conference, you go to the playoff. <laughs> oh, if only. Hey, um, guess what, Georgia? You don't get to go to the national title. <laughs> you don't get to go to the playoff because you ain't Sorry. win your conference. Sorry. I, the thing I have written down about the Rose Bowl question is like, is there still a Pac-12? Um, and I'm I'm uh, I am probably on the old, young age for traditionalists who had never ever wanted to give up what happened in the Rizbowl right now. Or I'm I'm the old side of people who are like, okay, it's let's let's uh, let other people in on this deal. And and AJ just points about the gamer ballot, and I, and I like the idea. Um, you know, depending on what the, the format for a playoff is, is it, you know, the first two teams out, uh, is it five and six? Um, I think that's a, that is a, a, a good way to proceed from this point forward. Uh, briefly, smartest slash funniest slash best thing you've seen on the internet about uh, UC, USC and UCLA going to Big Ten. Um, Carla. Um, beach volleyball in Minnesota, anybody? Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, USC I've... and UCLA both have beach volleyball teams. Yes, they do. Um, so no, and the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, and this is—I don't know if this is funny or or anything—but um, gosh, to me, like one of the things that popped into my head as I thought about all this was like, gosh, this makes Lincoln Riley to USC make a heck of a lot more sense. Because like one of the things that I was wondering about when when Lincoln Riley went like bolted to USC, I'm like, okay, he's going to LA. That makes sense. Lincoln Riley's got a bit of an ego on him. He's, he comes from the Stoops lineage, right? Mm-hmm. And so why would Lincoln Riley give up a spot in the SEC 
to go to LA to get the occasional national game, but everything else on the Pac-12 network that nobody can find. Oh, that one's easy. Right? He he goes to USC because it's a way easier path to the playoff than it is in the SEC. He doesn't have to fight through. He doesn't have to fight through Georgia and Alabama to get to the playoff. Versus being in the USC, let's assume that this doesn't happen. This didn't happen. USC has a straight shot to the playoff. They have to beat Oregon. That's it. And they only would play them once in the in the championship game. They get to effectively. He gets to lock down Southern California recruiting and then walk to the Pac-12 South championship game, barring something dumb happening. And then he has to beat an Oregon team that seems to fall apart when it matters in those games. And now you have this like instant, like potential trip of like, I'm undefeated and a conference champion playoffs say no. And then he can walk into the playoff versus saying, Oh, Hey, I'm the head coach at Oklahoma and the sec West is a nightmare. But it, yes, I, I, I understand all of that, but is there a part, there's a part of me that says how long ago did these conversations start with the big 10? Excellent question. And because Sports Illustrated has come out and said that as soon as Texas and Oklahoma went to the went to the SEC and now they're going to the SEC, the Big Ten created something they called the expansion subcommittee. They did not specify in that article that I read in Sports Illustrated when that expansion subcommittee was formed. Was that expansion subcommittee formed early enough to help entice Lincoln Riley saying, hey, you come to USC? We're going to try to get in, like, we're going to position ourselves to go to the Big Ten. You're going to, your school's going to get the big payday. You're going to get LA. You're going to get mm-hmm. all the, all the prestige and the glamour that goes along with, you know, being the USC coach, but also being a part of a big major conference that's going to get seen on TV all the time. And you're going to be able to grow, like, just really interesting. I would love to know <laughs> when those conversations started, how much of this, to the you know usc to the big 10 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was even a, an inkling in somebody's imagination I, I love me a good conspiracy theory uh aj what was uh what was your favorite my personal favorite was uh spencer hall every day should be saturday mm-hmm. reminding all of us that the east lansing weather machine is real and that UCLA and USC are gonna have to play in East Lansing in November at some point. And it's like, it's gonna be awesome. It's j- hey, but like, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, they, oh, they're gonna have to deal with bad weather. And I'm like, wait, they had to play Utah. They've had to play sure. Oregon State. They've had to play the Pacific Northwest. It gets a little gnarly there. The, the cold interesting is different though. It's it's different. It's they had to play Colorado. Sure. Um, I th- th- Madison, Wisconsin cold is is different than than front That's range, fair. front range in Colorado cold. Now the other thing here that I, I I just that I did just think about, yeah, is that they won't have a conference scheduler who hates them. Like, True. you guys ever noticed that the USC will inevitably get scheduled for like a Friday night game against Oregon State? Mm-hmm. And then that's the game that we all go. That you look at your phone and you're like, "Oh, I wonder what happened." Tonight. USC did what? <laughs> Every single time they played, they lost to Wazoo and Pullman. Yes, Pullman is cold, cold. They've okay. lost to Oregon State. Like all of these times where it's like USC's got this shining season, and then they lose. Right? 
I'm also interested in, um, I hope you two are ready for this. Yes. B1G after dark. Let's go. <laughs> oh, welcome to my team. Welcome to my gang. We meet every Saturday night at 1030 and you can watch your team, your team play. Cause guess what? You get to learn about the magic of Arizona sports law where you're not allowed to play a game before 9 PM local time because it's still too hot. So Michigan state, they've already done this. Michigan state played Arizona state in September and the game kicked off at like almost midnight or like it kicked off at 11 PM Michigan time mm -hmm. because the game couldn't start before 9 p.m. because of Arizona law on sporting events because it's still too hot. It was like 97 degrees at 9 p.m. at night. So you get to deal with the opposite of East Lansing cold and Madison cold is cold. Arizona hot is a different hot. They have to I, play yeah, at 9 p.m. hot. I, I understand that one completely. Um, I can't. That, I cannot wait for Ohio State to get scheduled to play Arizona at Arizona or like just, or UCLA or USC in the middle of like. September. We're just going to go ahead and jump to the last of the speed round questions. Um, Carla, yes. Am I am I going to stay up if Ohio State's playing a game that starts at eleven o'clock on Saturday night? <laughs> Because you're a rabid Ohio State fan, you will figure out a way to do it. Um, we'll, we'll all caffeinate together. We'll have we'll have a, a group a group Twitter chat or something. Um, AJ, um, AJ, the same question. Can I? Am, am I going to be able to manage this? Yeah, it'll be fine. Right. I, here's the thing: they're not going to put Ohio State on the 10:30 slot. Are you dumb? But, <laughs> no, at some point it's going to happen. At some point. It's, it's, oh. I don't know. There's going to be a weird thing and it's going to, and I'm going to be like, oh God. Ohio okay. State USC and Ohio State UCLA hmm. are eyeball games. Yes, there. They are going to be the 330 slot, which means it's a noon kick if it's a West Coast game. Big nude. Or West Coast. it's going to be the 7 p.m. ESPN game of the week or the 8 p.m. Fox game of the week, whatever it ends up being at that time. Actually, this will all be post-media deal. It'll probably be Fox. So this will be the 8 yeah. p.m. kick on Fox. You will not have to stay up till, till 1030 <laughs> to see Ohio State play. Absolutely not. Now, if they add more Pac-12 current teams, mm -hmm. Ohio State Cal sorry you might have to stay up for that one but uh i've seen that one fox did that one as an uh east coast evening night game um a few like, years ago no, oh no, yeah prime time. they played prime they time, played, not played at cal yes they played at cal i remember yeah. this now yeah. uh by the way cal needs to get into the big 10 in a very very deep way because their stadium is so wildly indebted it makes ucla look like the most frugal people on earth it is a cool old building for sure uh boys and girls you can hear the carla and crappy show on apple Podcasts, spotify google stitcher tune in and a variety of other podcasting hosts you can watch us on facebook and on the show's uh, uh youtube page uh if you like us please subscribe rate and review you. If you don't mind your own damn business, have to ad lib here. Be sure to come back around the end of August or perhaps earlier if we feel the need. Uh, that's when we'll get started on the really fun stuff for this college football season. Um, AJ, do you have a final thought? Um, we're not done. This this yeah, okay. this circle will this the this the money will the money cannons will continue, and then it'll calm down for like 
five years. And then the money cannons will come back. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned, kids. It's going to be okay. fun. Okay. Uh, Carla, you have a final thought? We didn't do big winners and losers. Um, but I will say oh, that, the, didn't. Yeah. That, the, that the big winner here by far hands down is both USC and UCLA. Uh, okay. I mean, they did exactly what they needed to do to get themselves into a good conference, still stay nationally relevant, get that big payday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a win for, you know, for both of those programs substantially and Mm-hmm. We get a really interesting conference now if that's the way that it stays. Again, stay tuned. Well, I mean, it, it looks like certainly for at least uh, for one year, um, they're going to be they're going to be great additions. I, I mean, I, I referenced earlier in the show that I, I remember these games from um, uh, fifty years ago, almost close to fifty years ago. Um, Rose Bowls against against both the Trojans and the Bruins. Um, some of which Ohio State won, not as often as I would have liked. Um, several of which, uh, so like uh, the 75 Rose Bowl, the 76 Rose Bowl, the 1980 Rose Bowl, those were all losses um, twice to USC and once to UCLA that, that would have been uh, likely national championships if, if Ohio State had been able to win those. So this is... Um, this is these are this goes beyond just kind of you know schools you'd see in the Rose Bowl occasionally. Um, I'm I'm still I, I, I still have a hard time believing this is this is like a real thing. Um, understand all the business stuff, obviously, but uh, just as a fan, it's like this is going to be awesome, and I cannot wait to see them on the field in Columbus uh, sometime in the next couple of years. I hope. Um, I was uh, also very happy that I got to see you guys uh, to, to talk about this. We appreciate, I appreciate you guys jumping in in the middle of the off season. Um, although I suspect we were, we were all ready to do this anyway. Is Wait. there really ever an off season? Really? I, 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 nah, nah, no, not really. No, no, not, not at all. Um, and of course we, we uh, thank you guys. Uh, for finding us in the summer, uh, although we're going to yell about that to you a lot when we get this uh, when we get the show ready to go, and we will see you uh, at the start of the season, as I said before, if not sooner. Uh, cheers, everybody! I'm cheers. Cheers. cheers! There we go. There we go. Thank you guys for watching. We will talk to you again soon.